Welcome to The Grinder. I am your host, James Chapman, along with my co-host with the most, Addison Corbin. How you doing today, Addison? I'm good, brother. How are you? Man, you know, I'm not going to lie. You know how you get like super excited and you get giddy like a little girl? Like you just kind of giggle. Yeah, this is, this is you I'm, on a regular basis. Man, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. But today especially, I'm just giddy. You know, what is it when you get excited that makes you giggle like that? Do you ever do that? Say, it's definitely just nerves, man. You think it is? I think yeah. you're right. And normally my, my nerves are like rock solid, but today I'm just, I'm giddy. I just keep getting stuff. You would think after being through war, you would have a little bit of cool, calm and collective with you. You know, I try, man. I try. Maybe I'm like the duck on the pond where my legs are just kicking underneath and, you know, I try to stay calm on top. All right. So the reason for our listeners that I'm super excited this morning and giddy like a little girl. So if you hear me giggle, don't make fun of me too much. All right. Is, um, we have a very special guest on today. Um, I am a huge fan and, uh, love his work, consumed a ton of his content. And honestly, he's funny as hell. So today he is a, um, a big time author. Um, Simon Sinek, the fabled author, Simon Sinek, uh, deemed him, the top contender for the patron saint of entrepreneurs. I believe it, man. I mean, it's just brass tacks information. It just to the point, it's not a lot of fluff. Um, and it gives you some great information. Some of his uh, top books are the toilet paper, toilet paper entrepreneur surge, the pumpkin plan, my favorite to date profit first and uh, clockwork. And he's got a new book coming out, which I'm going to let him tell you more about it. Uh, today we have Mike, McCallowitz. Mike, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing well, Mr. Giddy. I love it. <laughs> I love that introduction. I love that Hassan got a little purple nurple on you, too. It's like, you're always that way. Yeah. It's good to be here, guys. Thank you for having awesome. me. Awesome. Mike, so, you know, looking back over your stuff, I know you've, you've had uh, a couple previous businesses that you've, you've sold, multi-million dollar businesses. You've had a restart. I mean, you've been through this whole cycle and your information is just, I mean, is that what drives you instead of kind of having this theoretical viewpoint of things, you're just brass tacks. I mean, all of your information I've ever read, it's always just straight to the point, like keep it simple. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely my mission is to simplify the journey. So, uh, and you know what, what fueled me was the restart. That's like a nice soft word. I've never used that word before. I call it the big F up. But uh, <laughs> what I did was I, I did sell a couple of businesses when I was young and my, uh, I sold my first company in my twenties, my second one in my early thirties, became a millionaire. And I was like, Oh my God, like I'm so freaking smart. My third business, I decided to become an angel investor and invest in all these different businesses. I had no right to be in that space. I was chock full of arrogance too. I was like, Oh, I have to have all the cars. I bought a Viper, um, which I found out was like the trophy of dicks, by the way. Here <laughs> I am driving it. Um, and now, I mean, I'm not trying to bust on the car, but uh, I, I thought that meant something. And um, I started to support my new lifestyle by, uh, by starting many businesses as an angel investor. You know, I'm, I'm going to pump and dump these businesses. And I was a calamity. I had no idea what I was doing. Uh, and it, I lost everything. I lost my my possessions, my cars, my, my house. We had a place out in Hawaii, lost everything. And um, went to depression after that. But I'm so grateful for that period of my life because I um, came to realize that the entrepreneurial journey 
Um, if you think you're successful um, because it's you uh, and just your genius, I've, I've concluded, at least for me, it was luck. There are some core disciplines that we need as entrepreneurs, some really fundamental stuff that I at least was overlooking. So I started writing books to address that, to really simplify the journey. And I, I honestly did for myself. I, I still own businesses. I'm an entrepreneur today and uh, wrote them to, to serve myself, but then to also serve readers with really brass tacks, basic stuff seen from a perspective that you don't typically think of to get businesses to be truly perpetually successful. Yeah. I mean, profit first. I implemented that in my business. Oh, good, uh, good. Uh, in December. Okay. And, um, you know, at first when I was looking, I was like, oh, it's going to make me more money. It, it, profit first does not make you more money. Sure. It makes you in tune with every cent that's going on. And exactly. I did not realize I am a numbers guy and I did not realize how sloppy I was mm -hmm. until I implemented profit first there. So there's this phenomenon called Parkinson's law. So every book I write, um, why it's so why I simplify and, and why I'm so focused on that is because the essence of how we work in business and life is based upon our behavioral patterns. So I study behavioral psychology relentlessly is reading about it more this morning. And I'm not a doctor in psychology. I didn't go to school for it, but I think to have an education understanding of it's critical. Well, what I found with profit first is uh, there's a crazy statistic out there that 83% of small businesses are surviving check by check. It was released by a bank study. And uh, in the U S there's 28 million of us globally, there's 180 million small businesses. That means there's well over a hundred million, 140 million or something businesses that are barely getting by. It is a panic every single day when we come in to get some more money in. And my thought was how, you know, we started our business. Most of us start our business for financial freedom. That's a big part of it. Yeah. How come none of us are figuring that out? What's wrong with us? I thought, and then I looked at the formula and the foundational formula we follow while logical is totally wrong behaviorally. It says sales minus expenses equals profit, which means from, from a logical standpoint, you have to have sales to subtract expenses you incur what's left over is profit. But from a behavioral st standpoint, when it's a leftover, that's a problem. So we do in profit first, it's sales minus profit equals expenses. And we take our profit out first. Your business tells you what is truly available to spend. And you have to work within the confines of that, forcing profitability. I'm, I'm proud to say we have, well, it's an estimate now, but it's over 350,000 businesses implementing profit for, have implemented it. And these companies are consistently profitable. They, they they're not getting rich quick. They're understanding the sense and where it's going and they're working within what's truly available for the business and they're retaining profit and lots of it um, because it's behavioral. Yeah. And what I'll say is unlike James, I knew that I was going down a very blurry path as far as financial situations go. Um, you know, my business was, we were making money, but none of it was coming back to me. And then I would hit the oh shit factor yeah. Yeah. and then I'd be like, okay, well, how am I paying bills on my personal side? Because all I'm doing is just spending money inside the company. Mm -hmm. And then it was, it was, it got to a point where I was like, you know what, I've got to figure something out because if not, there's no way this, this goes further than the, you know, the past five or six years. Um, and so when I started implementing it, got the bank account situated, it was like, this just makes sense on how this, this is the way things should be. And it blew my mind that I never, I never even thought about having two bank accounts, you know, nonetheless, you know, five or six. 
<laughs> and, and so now it's it's it just makes sense and it, it takes a lot of um understanding where those numbers are going to uh to really help out so it's, it's I, I found fun. addison there's a term or maybe better said there's a label for what you did you know of, of surviving check by check it's called being a human being so <laughs> you you fell right into the category of being human which is perfect because that's what i designed the system to do is to not try to change us into robots and to be these accounting machines, but to channel our existing behavior. So what I suspect you were doing, which many entrepreneurs do, myself too, is I used to log into my bank account. I would look at the uh, accounting system. And honestly, I still don't. I simply go to the bank account and I follow a real simple principle. If there's money there, I can spend it. And if there's not, you know, panic ensues. And I got to sell something. So that's why profit first must reside in the bank accounts because that's the natural path of entrepreneurs. So you set these multiple accounts there and now we're allocating money to its intended use before we spend it. Some's reserved for our tax responsibilities. Another one's reserved for our operating expenses and so forth and, and profit of course too. And once this money is allocated, you know what intended use it has before you spend a dime. Right. And then it's human nature to start working within the confines of what's available. Right. Well done. I, I really liked so my thing with it wasn't always feeling tight. My thing that I've enjoyed the most is the owner's comp account. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because I was the guy who is very rigid. So I've always, like, I would pay myself a set amount, yeah. even if sales were up, whatever. And now that owner's comp with it being a percentage, that's what drives me. I want to get that, that damn percentage up so I can make, like, it's now it's my incentive. I don't feel it's weird. I mean, I love what I do, but I feel like I need to invest a lot back in the company and now it's putting me where, okay, that's a set percentage. So let's get that percentage as high as, you know, let's get the numbers as high as we can. Yeah. So I got more in the owner's comp and I feel good. I know that's my, that's my number at the end of the quarter nice. and I'm taking it. I'm proud yeah, it, of you. It, it feels great. Yeah. So, yeah, so uh, there's a difference between owner's comp and profit that a lot of people mm -hmm. don't realize. Owner's comp is a predictable salary and yeah, it's a percentage of your revenue, but once it's in there, now you can pull out your your predictable salary. I'll pick a number. You can pick out, you know, a thousand dollars a week or whatever your number is, but your percentage has to support that. And if, if there's not enough money flowing in, there's a issue with the business. But what I find is I and entrepreneurs that follow this start to adjust their lifestyle to live off owner's comp. Then once a quarter, you get the profit distribution, which is different. Owner's mm -hmm. comp is for paying you for the work you do as an yeah. owner operator. Profit is for taking the courageous leap starting a business in the first place and supporting our economy. This is your quarterly bonus check as a shareholder. But what we do is we start living off the owner's comp naturally and our lifestyles adjust to that. And then quarterly, we get this nice check as profit. And now it's a celebratory use. You know, maybe you can go out for an incredible dinner or you can make that improvement in your house you've been waiting on, but now you can use it to celebrate. Without that, most entrepreneurs, whatever's available, last time they pull it out and their income at home is so volatile that they experience what Addison has. Sometimes they have enough money. Other times they don't. And they're figuring out how to pay their own bills. They ring up credit card debts. So that owner's comp account brings some kind of normalcy and predictability, which is so important for entrepreneurs. Guys, if y'all want to know more about Profit First, get the book. <laughs> get a hundred copies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we got a few minutes. We want to be, uh, Mike's been very gracious with his time and we're, we're trying to fit it all in. We're, this is a tight podcast today. Mike, tell us a little bit about your new book that's coming out. Fix this next. Thank you. So I, I got this, this wild response in the email I sent out five years ago. It takes me about five years to write a book. It's research, testing, and then writing. So five years ago, I sent out an email to my readers and I said, what is the biggest challenge your business faces this year? 
And I'm not the most technically savvy guy. I triple clicked or something because the email went out multiple times on the same day. But here's what was fascinating. Some, in some cases, the same person answered multiple times that day with different answers. Their biggest challenge for the year. Like this one guy in the morning, he said, sales, we have a sales issue. We got to resolve this year. And in the afternoon, he said, it's actually hiring issues. <laughs> we need to hire better people. And by the nighttime, it was, you know, we got to get systems in place. And that was when I had the realization that the biggest challenge entrepreneurs have is actually knowing what their biggest challenge is. We are constantly putting out fires. Every day we come in with a, you know, today's gonna be a good day. And then it's the stream of emails. It's the questions outside the door. It's that client that's threatening to leave. And we just put out fires. And rarely do we move the business forward. Most businesses are in this constant putting out fires, not moving forward. Well, what I determined was there is a way to pinpoint the one thing your business needs from you now. Not the, the constant flow of these apparent issues, but what's the one impactful one? And we can find it. And what I developed and fixed this next, I call it the business hierarchy of needs. There's simply five specific needs that every business has in order that once they're satisfied, your business moves forward. So we just need to address one of the five needs, fix it, and then move on to the next need our business has. Very awesome. Okay. Yeah, it's, okay. it's, it's, it's funny how the email thing, at first you're probably like, damn. I, just yeah, I was like, I'm such guy. an idiot. And it gives you, and it gave you exactly what you needed, right? Yeah. That's, so, you know, people email you, hey, you spamming me? Why are you sending so many emails? Yeah. I'm like, no, I'm just an idiot. I'm just yeah. an idiot. We implemented a new system, accidentally sent a mass email to all our clients that had nothing to do with 90% of them. Yeah, yeah. And at first I was pissed. And then somebody's like, oh, I've been meaning to call y'all. I want to get this price. I want to get that <laughs> price. It's like, you know, man, there's always a silver lining. There's something you can take out of every situation. And that really applies right now for everybody. I mean, with all this global stuff, pandemic going on. Oh, yeah. You know, Focus on what you can take from it. I love that. Yeah. So as I was studying this business hierarchy of needs, uh, the five levels identified and how it affects the pandemic is, is significant. The foundational need for every business is sales. Sales is the creation of cash, right? It's auction for right. business. The interesting thing though is many businesses think they can sell their way to success and that's not true. Um, it's like oxygen. You, can, you breathe because you need it for air, but if you breathe in more, it's not like you're healthier. The next level, <laughs> you know, the next level above it is called profit. Profit is the creation of stability for an organization and they work together. Um, so you need to make sales but that generate profit. Once you have profit, you need order, which is organizational efficiency, where there's no dependency on the owner because that's a business that's at risk. If, if the day you're taking out of the business and the business goes down, you know, the business goes down as a result, that's a bad business. We need that the owner can leave for an extended period of time and the business operates on its own. Then the next level is called impact. And the highest level is business legacy. What I find happening in this pandemic is many businesses are, are jumping down to sales and say, we've got to sell our way out of it. And they're cutting costs or cutting prices, I should say. And uh, maybe their sales are sustaining, but now they're selling at a lower price point, which means they've cut their margins if they even had margins before. And I see these businesses going out of business, out of business faster. So that's a big risk. The other thing I see happening is businesses are trying to leap to impact. The impact level the business hierarchy of needs is where you are transformational in the experience. So the, the clients of yours are not just transactional clients, they're transformational. They are, their lives are shifting as a result. So I see businesses just trying to give away everything they can and care for the community. And uh, they do a wonderful job for about two or three weeks and they're just shuttering the doors because they've exhausted themselves and they, they will never be around again. And I think that's the ultimate sin to, to care for three weeks and leave. 
We need to sell, but we need to sell profitably and we need to have an efficient business in order to care for our communities in this pandemic. So those five levels I just mentioned, they work together in synchronicity and you can't skip levels. You have to have the structure that can support itself like a building. I, I like that. I like that. I mean, it, it, it also, like even with implementing profit first, it makes me realize how much I was just depending on my gut. Mm. And it's good to be able to depend on your gut and build that in. But that that's not always the case. Like, it's great to have a good gut when, when you walk in a dark room or a dark alley, maybe. But you shouldn't run your business just on your gut. Like, that's you need astute. data to back it up. That's very astute. That's exactly what I talk about and fix this next is our gut is excellent in, in survival of the human body because we're, our senses are triggered. So you walk down that dark alley you mentioned, you will feel an instinct like, I better turn around here. And the reason you feel that is because your sight, smell, hear is triggering all these inputs. And then the sensation kicks in. It's like someone's going to kick your ass, yeah. turn around and leave, <laughs> turn around and leave. And we do. But the thing is, we are neurologically wired into our physical body. We are not neurologically wired into our business. Yet many business owners say, I trust my gut. My feelings, we need more sales. You know, oh, we need to start doing Facebook ads. I heard someone else was doing it. I can just feel that's going to work. That's a fatal mistake because we're not neurologically wired. We need, to your point, empirical data. What data do we have that supports that this will work? And so we look through our, our experience. And if, if we've done something in the past that's worked, probably will work again, amplify that. If we're doing something that's not working, we must modify and change it. And if we're trying something new, let's look at the outside world and get the data from their experiences and yes. start testing it. And don't go full throttle, test it, prove it works, and then roll it out on a larger scale. Yeah, I, I agree completely. That's awesome. I agree completely. So awesome when, when, does, um, when does the new book come out? Well, it actually came out last week. So we're, we're right on the okay. precipice. This, this is launch period right now. Awesome. So Fix This Next is out and selling. All right, so everybody just, just got Wall Street Journal's bestseller list uh, nice. yesterday. So. Congratulations. Yeah, so, yeah, I know that's hard. Super I'm super pumped. Yeah. <laughs> so um, everybody, do you like me? So this podcast's over. Go get the book. And if you're like me, I will tell you, Mike is funny as hell. So get not only do you buy the book, you get the audio version because you oh, get definitely, a lot definitely. Of and I would say so, it's my best audio. I went to town on this one. All right, good deal. Good yeah. deal. So do you talk about margaritas again? Because uh, I've moved on to old fashions now. So okay. I'm like all into different bourbons and stuff. And yes, is, I, is that is that to go with the beard? Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I call myself the Civil War general. I, you know, yeah. this is the COVID <laughs> hair. I, I could literally be in the Civil War now. Yeah. Oh, that's good stuff. Love it. Mike, um, we, are, we appreciate you being on today. Guys, check out his stuff. I'm telling you, it's, it's great stuff to implement. Uh, we'll have some links in the show notes for you to, uh, to, you, for you to find Mike and his info. Um, with that, Mike, anything you, you want to leave us with? Well, I just, James and Aston, I want to say thank you so much. Uh, the shortcut to get all this stuff, by the way, is MikeMotorbike.com. Because uh, I'm going to spell Mike McCallowitz. So Mike Motorbike was my nickname in high school. Go there and you'll get all that stuff. And my final thought is simply this, that the world has figuratively punched us in the face. We got bloody nose and black eye because of this pandemic. But at the same time, the world needs us more than ever. So yeah, it punched us, but we have to, as small businesses, save the economy. So let's stand up, step forward, and start kicking some ass. Love it. I love it. I love it. Thank you again for coming on. Um, Thanks, brothers. And I hope, yeah, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day, and we'll see how this book sales go. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks, Addison. Yeah. Thanks, yeah, James. Bro. All right, grind her out, guys. <laughs>